Hey guys, what's up? Squatch Talk. Get Pat and Ern here. This is episode 10. I'm Pat. And I'm Ernie. And yeah, landmark episode. 10th one. Yeah, just, I can't believe it, man. It seems like, just seems like a couple of months ago we were doing episode one. <laughs> I think it was, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's good to be doing another episode. Um, I guess right off the bat, we want to uh, kind of give folks a heads up about, uh, of course, it's already booked up, but we want to, we can't say enough about a Bigfoot museum that is in a little town called Cherry Long, Georgia, in North Georgia, uh, that uh, Pat and I have been to several times. Uh, run by uh, a man named David Bacara and his wife, Belinda. And it's an extremely comprehensive, awesome exhibit. Uh, and it is not just for entertainment value. I mean, it is really educational, kind of shows the beginning, the middle, uh, brings you up to present day. Uh, they're having this uh, July 8th, uh, their first town hall meeting for Bigfoot eyewitnesses. And of course, it's all booked up, as you and I know, but we uh, we plan to be there kind of as uh, sort of informed observers, I guess would be a good term. Yeah. And uh, really looking forward to that. And uh, I mean, that could be fantastic. Uh, something you and I have hoped for is that we could maybe speak to some people who had had encounter sightings and encounters up in this area. And uh, hopefully this will be a, a chance to meet some of the folks that we've heard Dave talk about. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and uh, the area being North Georgia, which I, I'm guessing the majority of eyewitness accounts sounds like to me that are going to be coming from the North Georgia area. And, yeah. um, and also, yeah, there's also a hand, like a handful of researchers that'll be there and talking and you're, you're familiar with some of them. I'm not, I'm right. not really, but no, it should be very interesting. <clears throat> Glad, so glad to see that something like Dave's Museum has become, it's a very serious uh, display of research and all that's known. And here, of course, he's about to have, uh, you know, the first town hall eyewitness, um, you know, meeting, as well as holding other conferences. They've built that, uh, you know, they built the extra room. And uh, so now they can have much more of a, a serious interactive kind of thing with, uh, with the community. Yeah. So... Yeah, really looking forward to that. <clears throat> yeah, me too, man. I mean, just yeah, for anybody listening, it's a great place to go. It's it's worth the travel if you if you live in Alabama or Tennessee yeah. or even North Carolina. I mean, heck, it's only what 20, 30 miles from the North Carolina border, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's just below the uh, state line. <clears throat> um, it's uh, you know, if you have an interest in Bigfoot and uh, you're anywhere in the southeast. And you're going to take a trip somewhere, you know, see if you can fit that into your, your route. Uh, it's definitely worth it. Uh, you could spend literally an entire afternoon there if you wanted to watch, listen to, and read everything that they have available. Um, so yeah, it's pretty neat that we have something like that in our own backyard here. Yeah. And it, yeah, it is. And it's a uh, God, I think you and I went up there on like a Tuesday last time we were there. And it was, mm -hmm. there was a lot of people there. I mean, yeah, I was, I was surprised and you know, it was, I was like, wow, I can't, it was like 30 or 40 people 
probably came through the door in the, you know, what, two hours that you and I were there. Yeah, they are, they are doing very well. It's, uh, it's encouraging and it, well, it's surprising at first to see how many folks, you know, come in young and old, you know, there's people in there with legitimate interests. It's not just some little, you know, roadside attraction for kids. It's uh, all about sensationalism. It's, uh, you know, as I say, I don't want to talk in circles, but it's a very deeply informed, well-researched display or exhibit of different things. And, uh, yeah, who would have thought, you know, who would have thought that a business idea like that could be so, could take off so well and be doing so well. But it, again, it speaks to the interest of the public, you know, that many folks that are coming in to check it out. So, uh, yeah, yeah I agree. Good things about it. I agree. So while we were there uh, last time, which wasn't too long ago, um, we we heard an interesting, uh, I don't know what you call it, like I guess adventure that's going to be taking place um, fairly soon, I imagine. Well, uh, yeah, the, uh, the museum, uh, and we didn't even mention the name, it's called um, Expedition Bigfoot Sasquatch Museum is, of course, the museum we were just speaking of. And uh, they had made a post on their Facebook page uh, a week or a couple of weeks back that uh, and all, all of the details of this are secret. We don't know. You know, we, we, yeah, we don't know anything other than what we're about to say. No, all we can really do is repeat what was made on the post um, um, is that some some fella, one single individual who apparently has a <clears throat> excuse me, a, an extensive background in. Uh, military training and survival training is uh, apparently has been turned on to some insider info about a hotspot, some particular area. We don't even know what part of the country this is in. Excuse me. Nope. And this, this guy is going to be taking a 45 day uh, expedition by himself into an area. Uh, we don't even know exactly what the stated objective is for him. But uh, it certainly, uh, you know, it, it certainly piqued our ears. Yeah, well, finally. <laughs> it, you know, like, um, it's about time, you know. Um, yeah. the, you know, the last, the last uh, person or persons that I know of who have done anything like this uh, would be uh, Patterson and Gimlin, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I haven't really heard of anybody other than maybe some of the survivor man stuff, but not really. Cause he would just, he would do his Bigfoot shows for, I mean, what, maybe a few days, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I always thought Les would be the perfect guy to go spend 30, 45 days in the woods looking for Bigfoot. But I guess he's not, he's not into that. You're right. There have, we've always said that, you know, if, if going, if there's any way a person could go into the woods, with an idea of finding some kind of proof, uh, we certainly don't think you're going to pull that off with a whole team of people making a bunch of noise, certainly not with a television crew in tow. Um, however, uh, this notion of the guy going by himself, uh, you know, maybe you could spend 60 days in the woods in a hotspot area and still never see anything. But if Sasquatches, if Sasquatches exist and they live in the woods and there's a way to interact with them, it stands to reason that the only way you could, you know, 
try to instigate yourself a plan that would generate interaction is you're going to have to stay in the woods for a long time. You can't just hike in for the afternoon every day of your life and expect that's going to happen. So it's, it's certainly a very intriguing thing to hear that someone is going to take it that seriously. 45 days in the woods is a long time, particularly if you're alone. And, yeah. uh, you know, lots of safety issues to be concerned with. Even a Navy SEAL can break his leg. You know, Navy SEALs are not dispatched by, by themselves. That's why there's a team of them. So, uh, you know, we wish whoever this guy is and wherever he is, we certainly wish him luck. It'd be great if somebody could drag some kind of proof back, even if it were simply, you know, hairs with follicles and scat samples or whatever else. But uh, it certainly does sound a little dubious, uh, not, excuse me, not dubious, but a little, <laughs> little a little frightening, uh, the thought of uh, intending to go out and confront nine-foot-tall apes in the forest by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure, I mean, you know, I mean, 45 days in the woods by yourself is dangerous. Like anywhere. I mean, like in the woods, in the middle of Kansas, let's say, or even in the open, (laughs) open plains of Kansas where you're unlikely to to run Mm -hmm. into a Sasquatch. Um, Just being anywhere on a desert Island, 45 days by yourself is dangerous, but I'm sure this guy, um, whoever he is, I'm sure he's got some sort of backup. Uh, you know what I mean? Like somebody's going to know where he's at. Somebody. Well, you would think uh, more than likely if he is as, uh, as experienced as we get the impression he is, then yeah, he would likely have some, uh, obviously he's going to have someone knowing where he is. And uh, any, any reasonable person would bring one of those locator, you know, those transponder locator things. Yeah, and I, yeah, I don't see why not. There's no reason not to. Exactly. <clears throat> and so I'm sure he's got he he is a loved one or a friend, multiple loved ones or friends that are going to know his, the general area he's going to be in, and there's no reason to not have a transponder or GPS locator. Right. Right. Um, you know, just to take a little sidestep here on uh, David Polite is missing 411, particularly the uh, the national park disappearances that are that go unexplained. He has said that uh, I, I'm pretty sure the statistics are that they've never ha- found a case of a person who went missing and who wasn't found who had one of those transponders, had one of those locators with them. And so, uh, you know, I consider myself an experienced woodsman, outdoorsman. Excuse you, Pat. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but, uh, you know, man, I I would never uh, think that I was so, uh, you know, invincible that I'm above being, you know, twisting an ankle or something like that. So I would certainly make sure if I was going to be in the woods for a long time that I had something along those lines as well. It's just common sense. It's not about ego or, you know, who's more capable than the next guy. Uh, anything can happen. You know, trees actually do fall on people occasionally. You know, there, there's all yeah. kinds of things that can go wrong, and you just need to have yourself a little bit of a backup plan. Uh, of course, as you and I have discussed, if we were going to pull off some kind of plan like this, we'd want at least, you know, at least two people, at least a two-man team, if not three or four people together, all with a pre-discussed plan of how you're going to enter the woods without making a bunch of racket, without making a bunch of noise, and, you know, uh, certainly having some kind of uh, evacuation plan. 
and who knows what this fellow's actually up to, but uh, man, fingers crossed. Anybody that's putting, you know, hard work and considerable effort into trying to bring some proof into this world of these creatures, uh, I, I salute them. Yeah, me too. And I <clears throat> hope he has some kind of plan to, you know, document it in, to, in some way. Um, not sure how easy that would be given the fact that he's going to be out there by himself for so long without any kind of, you know, electrical source. Maybe he'll have something. Yeah. You know, like a solar, solar powered or hand crank, you know, something that you can charge a phone with fairly, fairly easily. Maybe. Um, yeah. There's plenty of that gear out there these days. I, I wouldn't imagine that would be, uh, that, that hard for him to deal with, but, uh, yeah, you just never know. You don't know how uh, secluded a person's going to try to be. And, you know, I can only hope that nothing does happen to this guy, whoever the heck he is, because if the story ever did come back, well, that guy we mentioned who we can't tell you about, uh, he disappeared. Well, then it's just going to become another, uh, you know, another one of those stories that can't yeah. be sort of urban legend. Oh, some Bigfoot guy disappeared and maybe it was Bigfoot. Well, we well, certainly don't know. Yeah, we don't know any details up front, and we won't have any after. Unless, of course, this guy does survive and shows up with some kind of proof. So, uh, well, sure. Knows, I knows? mean, well, I hope he does. I understand his his the secrecy going into it, oh, but of course, not, but not coming out. It's like, oh no, 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 no. I just meant, yeah. If he disappeared, <laughs> that would be pretty terrible. But uh, hopefully, we'll do something. Hopefully, this kind of thing might inspire other people with. You know that with the means and the and the knowledge and the experience to go out and try similar sort of immersed, you know, uh, expedition, staying in the woods for a while. Well, I have faith in humanity, especially the uh, the best of the best. You know, yeah. so if, if this guy is, and, I, and we're just kind of, I think we're kind of assuming he's a special operator. Um, let's just say he is an operator. You know, I, 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 I I'll take that over Sasquatch any day. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, we, I'm sorry, man. We, we went to the moon and, uh, Navy seals are badass and I think they can hang with Sasquatches, but, uh, well, being outnumbered me, is a little different, I guess, but yes, it is. They, the word they is key. If it's just he, then, uh, you know, uh, a large portion of people that have researched this phenomenon are the are of the mindset that wherever you see one there's usually a couple more somewhere close by so um yeah i um i would shudder i would shake in my boots if i were alone having a sasquatch encounter deep in the woods that would be a pretty vulnerable feeling but we'll see well, man yeah Good luck. this this guy is kind of wanting to wanting it to happen i guess but uh yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, man, I'll, 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 I'll put, I'll place my bets on humanity, you know? So whoever you are, dude, if you're listening, we wish you luck, man. Yeah. And, uh, we'd love to talk to you after the fact for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. We would, uh, which reminds me, uh, I wouldn't mind, uh, just putting a little interjection in about this environmental DNA study that um, is seeking funding through an Indiegogo site. This is uh, Dr. Jeff Meldrum, who most Bigfooters are familiar with, and Derek Randalls of the Olympic Project. And of course, the so it's Dr. Meldrum and the Olympic Project that 
they have found what they believe are Sasquatch ground nests, and they are looking for trace evidence that can be found in the nest themselves, in the soil, underneath the nest, that sort of thing. It's called environmental DNA or eDNA for short. And uh, apparently this, this process of eDNA helped to establish where uh, the, the other human species of Denisovans that was discovered in Russia just a few years back. Um, they were able to, after finding the actual skeletons and being able to get the DNA on some level, they were then able to find evidence of where these humans had also lived, even though there were no bones there. They were able to find the same DNA in the environment of a cave, you know, in the soil of the cave, etc. So um, who knows? Again, it sounds like kind of a long shot, but you certainly couldn't put your faith in any more credible people. You know, these are folks who yeah, that's really true. They're very serious about Bigfoot research, and they've they've been in it for a long time. It's doubtful that they would be confusing a natural formation of twigs and branches um, or something created by another animal as being from a Sasquatch. I would I would like to think they know what they're looking at uh, to be interested enough in trying to search for DNA. Yeah. Uh, we made a post on our Facebook page about that only because uh, if people want to see the video they've put out about what they're look, trying to do. And of course we had put up a link to their, uh, uh, their fundraiser page and uh, they've already got a significant amount of money, significant amount of donors uh, with any, uh, with any luck, they should be able to meet their goal pretty soon. Well, good. I mean, yeah, good on them. And, and you're right about the trustworthiness of those guys. You yeah. Know. And, and, you know, I, you know, me, I'm not like big, I, I don't get, I don't get excited about DNA stuff, but I right. mean, every little bit helps and, you know, anything that these guys are, are willing to do to try and move the ball down the field is yeah. positive. It's the right direction. And especially yeah. if you're going to do it, you know, scientifically, let's say, and methodically, why not? Yeah. I, I yeah. welcome it. Yeah. And if it's all you got, you know, if it's all yeah. you <laughs> and the only people involved are credible folks, then, hey, at least it's worth uh, it's worth a mention. You know, somebody might out there might want to donate. And again, you know, you've got people who claim to find stick structures, claim to find scat, this, that and the other. Um, uh, you know, if if three different people in different areas came up with hair samples that had follicles on them. And they all kind of matched each other and were of some unknown primate species. Well, hey, you really got something there. Uh, and, you know, so a study like this eDNA thing, who knows if it could produce similar results that matched other purported Sasquatch hairs or whatever, then you would definitely have something. You know, it doesn't mean the whole public is going to suddenly believe in Bigfoot, but you would certainly have something that was undeniable and repeatable, so to speak, you know, from these different locations. So it would be undeniable <clears throat> evidence of something that's unknown, and that would be significant. It would. I agree. So I mentioned Les, Les Stroud yeah. earlier, and of course, so you know, since we were planning on talking about some of these shows mm -hmm. and I, I, in my opinion, like the, the survivor man, Bigfoot stuff, 
was probably the best. Like out of any, what, let's just categorize any Bigfoot reality shows. Like right. his his was the best, and for a couple of different reasons. Number one, it was coming. It comes from Survivor Man, which was just a a so, so legit show. Right. I mean, there's it doesn't get any more real than what Les did with this Survivor Man series going out in the woods by himself, you know, for a week. Yeah. And filming, doing everything himself. I mean, he always had a he, he had his backup crew usually close by. But I mean, th- that was legit reality, you know. Well, when he did the full seven day things, there was no camera crew no close by. That was it. When nope. he did just the Survivor Man expeditions, I mean, that's it. That was it. Yeah. There's a couple of times that he he had to be pulled. He had to be pulled in the middle of a show. Gotcha. Happen, gotcha. You know, um, once I think once at sea, and then once in Alaska. You know, gotcha. where some, somebody had to come get him. Mm-hmm. Um, and there could have been more, but uh, but yeah. They, so and so so that was established and totally legit. And then he he tr- just kind of turned that into survivor man bigfoot which still had to me the same amount of legitimacy but with that bigfoot you know spin on it you know yeah to have somebody an expert like les stroud um an expert in outdoor survival and also extremely knowledgeable with wildlife with hunting with the fauna and flora of the area that he would be in you know this is a guy who's uh he lived in the bush for a whole year at one point. Um, so yeah, he's perhaps you probably couldn't find a more credible, um, person, you know, as an, who's an outdoorsman, uh, who could offer an opinion on Bigfoot research. And, uh, so yeah, the survivor man, Bigfoot series was huge. Um, very interesting to see anyone uh, of his, you know, of his credibility, uh, actually take an interest in this. Yeah, and doing it in a legitimate way. Again, I can't say that enough, you know, mm-hmm. because he was, it was, he was either by himself or with, you know, I mean, he did go out with people like Todd, Todd Standing, and mm-hmm. some others. Um, but he would also go out by himself and, <clears throat> you know, the same, the same format where he's filming it all himself. So he's not trampsing through the woods with 20 guys in gear. <laughs> You know, doing all these silly, you know, (laughs) silly reaction shots and and everything else that comes with pretty much all the other Bigfoot reality shows, you know? Yeah, it's unfortunate. It really is. Um, When Finding Bigfoot first came on, I was naturally, for many years, I was very familiar with who Matt Moneymaker was. Anyone who doesn't know, Matt Moneymaker was an attorney in California. I think it was 1995 or thereabouts, um, early to mid-90s. He started uh, the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization and uh, created the website for them, which is a database for reports. And uh, Mm -hmm. they don't publish just any report. You know, they, they vet people who submit reports. They interview them. Uh, when I say they, you know, uh, to become an, an investigator for the BFRO, you have to be sort of vetted and put through a bit of a process training of how you look at that sort of stuff. So back to the television show, uh, you know, I was already well familiar with the legitimate 
uh, serious, in-depth uh, Bigfoot research and interest in Bigfoot that Matt Moneymaker had for all these years. And just because he's in a television show that has to be scripted and produced for ratings and all that kind of stuff, in no way discredits, you know, the legitimate work that he that he has done. Uh, yeah, but I agree. We're talking about the shows, of course. These shows are simply, by and large, they're they're simply entertainment based. Um, and another point about that particular show, Finding Bigfoot. You know, I don't. I'm not going to watch. I don't watch the show. I don't have any interest in uh, the scripted drama of running around in the woods at night with a camera crew. However, the the eyewitness town hall meetings yeah. that they have in each show. Uh, those are worth tuning into because for me, the eyewitness facet phenomenon is one of the most compelling. And uh, so even if you just tune in for that little five to 10 minute segment to see if you feel like any of these people are telling the truth, if you find them com compelling, then that tells you a little something about that area perhaps, or about Sasquatches. Yeah. So uh, that, you know, there's always a little grain of something in some of these shows, but not all of them. <laughs> because that's, yeah, and those town halls they do are real. Those are real people yes. from the area that have seen or experienced something. And, uh, yeah, those aren't, those people aren't cast necessarily. They're sort right. of picked from the town hall experience, I assume. Right. Um, and, and so, the, uh, you know, to me, that's, that is just like you say, it's a, it's a, it is an interesting part of the show. It's probably the most interesting part of the show for me, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. And, and the show is what it is. I mean, to be honest with you, if I'm sitting around bored on a rainy Saturday, I can sit there and watch a, a couple episodes and be entertained, yeah. you know? Because the things that they're doing, these sort of, you know, let's get together and do an expedition for one night in this one particular area. Well, that in and of itself, watching them walking around in the woods is not going to help. It's not going to shed any light. But when you hear, I mean, these are the people on the show. They're not just celebrities. They're, you know, Cliff Barrickman, huge, you know, been into Bigfoot research forever. Bobo, of course, same thing. Man, Matt Moneymaker. So you're going to hear, uh, you're going to hear some good history about True. the phenomenon and the area that they're going to be investigating as well as of course what these eyewitnesses at the town halls have to say so you know there's there's certainly redeeming qualities and there's absolutely no reason to uh you know discredit matt moneymaker for being a part of something that is ultimately a, a ratings scripted kind of deal it still focuses around this very real phenomenon of sasquatch sightings right and they and because it's it's a show it's a show for major network or whatever major production company. They don't have complete control over the situation either. So sometimes right. they get burned unfairly and I'll never forget the one time dude. And I was so glad to hear them, hear them come out and protest what the producers and editors did, which was, you know, cut to commercial with one of the, you know, Oh my God shots. Like, Oh my God, what is that? It's clearly a deer on thermal camera. You could almost see the antlers. It was, and, and that enraged me. And I just wanted to get so mad at them for that. But they came out and said, you know, that was BS. 
Like yeah. they didn't have control over that, man. That's all in the, the post-production. Yeah. You know? yeah. A couple of them, I think said they were considering, it was a big stink. They were considering uh, just walking away from the show at that point. They, you know, we're not going to be mischaracterized that badly. You know? Yeah. That we're looking at deer going, Oh my God, what is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, so, you know, say what you will about the show, man. They, you know, I, I got no problem with those guys or that show. However, there are some other shows that are of complete, they're, they're, they're complete hooey. Uh, you've got shows like Mountain Monsters, which is a completely scripted show with actors who are bad actors, but the names that you hear on the show, that's not who those people are. Um, it is, it's, it's complete fiction. Uh, it's, it's largely for children, and that's fine. Yeah. You know, it's a free country, man. You know, it's television. Make shows about whatever you want to make about. But, yeah. Uh, you know, Especially with Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. And if we're going to give a little credit where credit's due for one show, I think we ought to at least be discerning enough to let folks know we're, we're not sitting around watching mountain guys called, that call themselves Trapper, you know, who get, who get done up in makeup to have a torn hat and suspenders or whatever to try to look like a mountain man. Uh, so you just kind of, you know, it, it really helps to, to do a little bit of reading before you dive into what might be on television these days. And it's also worth noting, you know, we've talked about the perfect storm of sort of misinformation that's kind of developed around the Sasquatch topic in the last couple of years. And, you know, some of these television shows that have kind of exploded with so much ridiculousness, they're adding to that problem. But yeah. again, Ultimately, there are more and more people who are familiar with the topic now than there ever have been before, and that's largely a result of all these you know, television shows that reach the public. And it is. It, it absolutely is. You know, and I mean, I can remember, dude, when I was a kid, you know, I know a lot of people are age-ish. They, they always, they kind of point back to what, In Search Of? And, yeah. and, um, uh, the legend, uh, the legend of Boggy Boggy Creek, right? Yep, those are the two big ones. Right, that's that's how they were introduced to Bigfoot, you know. And <clears throat> for me, um, it was not that at all. Now I do remember in search of, but that kind of came later on, like in uh, you know re like on oh, rerun days or whatever. Yeah. Um, how I was introduced to Bigfoot was through pop culture. And that was uh, the uh, the six million dollar man. Ah, Andre the Giant, because his nemesis was Bigfoot. Yes. And I was pretty young. I was probably God, dude. I must have been three years old or something like that, you know. So I mean, I was really young, too too young to know like reality from separating mm -hmm. reality from television like drastically. So I just thought big those. I was like, wow, those things are real. <laughs> you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I just assumed they lived up in the mountains uh, in Kentucky where I lived at the time, you know, and maybe, yeah. maybe they did. Um, but so, pop, so pop culture way back then, you know, yeah. is how yeah. I was introduced to Bigfoot. Yeah. A lot of people remember that. Of, of course, a lot of people remember the Patterson Gimlin film at some point in their life and then uh, in search of, like you said, and a lot of people reference that $6 million man episode also. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, I was exposed to all of that stuff as a kid, all of these television shows. Uh, by the way, I've got a major downpour hitting me. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. I don't really hear the rain. So. Okay, good. So, uh, I, however, having been exposed to the subject, knowing that there were television shows and movies about Bigfoot, not once in my life had I ever had any interest in it. I never thought for one second that Sasquatch was real or that there were adults out in the world claiming to see Bigfoot. I, ha I had no idea. Uh, well, for me, it wasn't until 2005 that I realized there were some scientists involved in this. Uh, that really piqued my interest, and so I wound up uh, getting a copy of Jeff Meldrum's uh, Sasquatch Legend Meet Science documentary. Yeah. And really opened up a lot of doors. Uh, I thought, my gosh, I never knew this phenomenon existed to this degree. I really didn't know it still existed to that degree. Um, so that's what got me into studying and researching everything I could get my hands on. Um, and here I sit today. <laughs> yeah, and that, that legend meets science. That was a, that's a really good one. That's one of the better Bigfoot I don't know, did docs, I guess. Yes, it is. And uh, that was that's ever been televised. Yeah, like, that that was a really good one. Yeah, and it's you know it's I I bought it on DVD before it ever made it onto television, and it's still available out there. There's you know at the time they were in the documentary. There's a lot focused on a couple of pieces of film that are ultimately inconclusive, and uh, I think that uh, there's better evidence out there than than blurry video. Uh, but still, there are some. I think George Schaller um, is interviewed in that uh, in that documentary. Uh, there's there's legitimate you know scientists offering their opinions there. And when you begin to notice how many species uh, science assumes have not been discovered yet, based on the rate that we still discover new species, it's kind of mind boggling, you know. Yeah. But that, no, that's an excellent doc. Um, yes. But I wanted to ask you about a show that I haven't seen. I remember hearing the sort of hype for it, um, but I think you've seen it, but I, I haven't. And that's the the Killing Bigfoot show. Oh, the documentary about no. Justin. No, 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 no. Oh, Jim Lansdale, the Gulf Coast Bigfoot Organization. Killing. Yeah. Right, right. The series. <clears throat> Correct. Well, no, I had, let's see, I, I may have seen an episode or two online, but I was, I was not interested in following that episode. It, it's largely a, also a scripted kind of thing. I don't think any of those people are BSers. I think they're, they're legitimate Bigfoot researchers. But again, uh, when you've got a television show, you've got to fill the time. You got to put something on the episode. So it's, it's kind of like finding Bigfoot, uh, really just as ridiculous as that show. Or, you know, in other words, the expeditions that they go on, if there's, you know, if certainly no expectation that that's going to yield something. Uh, from what little I could tell about that show, Killing Bigfoot, it's, it's likely those people have been in legitimate Bigfoot research in their areas for a long time. But, you know, you're not going to find anything with a camera crew following you around. And, yeah. uh, Exactly. That's about, that's about all I know on it. I don't want to criticize too harshly because, again, you never know. But yeah. it's, it's a show for ratings, you know? It, yeah, exactly. And 
and that ultimately that's my problem with the whole concept which is i mean if you're going if you're going to have a situation where you're going to be going on to people's properties and and the idea is to uh, help help rid them <laughs> of the, yeah. the problematic bigfoots that are around um showing up with 30 guys ain't the way to do that man i mean it's just not i mean they're not they're not these things uh, obviously are not stupid <laughs> and they they have more, like really good observation skills oh yeah so when the trucks and the in the cameras and the lights and the, and the bo comes out <laughs> they, yeah. i mean they're, they're 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 out of there man so even even if that's a legitimate situation the second you show up with all those people in that kind of intent it's it's over you know yeah. it's it's over before you even get you know started filming yeah, I agree. I and, agree. Go ahead. And it just sucks, dude, because I think, you know, I remember hearing that guy, and I can't remember his name, but I remember hearing him get being interviewed before the show came out. And, and, and listening to the interview, I was like, wow, I was very encouraged, you know, but because of the way that he, you know, presented the, the whole concept sounded reasonable to me. Um, but I wish these people would, like, I don't know, man. Stop be wanting to be on television so much because you could start, you could literally come onto YouTube and document all this stuff. Like, and you don't have, you don't need the big production and all that. If you could just document it yourself somehow, you could be going out and doing these things, you know, and, yeah. and posting it on YouTube and monetizing it to some degree because you're going to get some kind of following out of that content. And now it, it may not be as much money as you're making off the show or, or maybe more, you know. It's hard to say, you know, television money is, <clears throat> excuse me, still considered pretty good money these days. And, you know, given that Sasquatch is popular yeah. in the culture, you know, Television. If you've got a group like that, and you make any kind of news at all, and you get approached by a television show, you know, I think most Americans probably wouldn't blame a person for wanting to make some money, even if it meant being on a somewhat goofy television series. So, you know, I understand that, but you also have to remember that, hey, man, if they're you know people doing things for money, well, remember, you know, the, the television show is all about money, also. So it's not necessarily the incredible source of research somebody might want to point to, uh, but I'm not really here to criticize. If somebody offered me a chance to be on television, there was a big payday. As long as I didn't look like a complete idiot, I might consider it, you know? <laughs> well, I, dude, I'm pretty sure those guys are not getting paid all that much. You'd be surprised. I mean, I know that um, I know Justin, Justin didn't tell us this when he was on with us, but I've heard him say it before and maybe even in private. Um, he, he didn't get paid hardly anything to be on the uh, ten million dollar Bigfoot bounty show. I mean, he was it was just c covering his butt like f for his normal job that he wasn't working basically. Gotcha. Yeah, so he wasn't banking off that. And and now some something like uh, finding Bigfoot. Now those those guys are making money. Don't get me wrong. Because they probably have the, the highest rated Bigfoot television sh show there is, right? Right. 
um, those guys are making money. But no, the the killing Bigfoot dudes, uh, they I guarantee you they're not they're not banking as much as you would think, man. And this is this comes from somebody who's been on the world's most popular television show and made less money than I did in my job. So, <laughs> you know, well, I'm just saying anytime that somebody's doing something for money and that something is only exists for ratings and for ad money and all that, you just, you know, in other words, consider everything within the larger scope. Right. You know, I'm but just saying I, it, I, if I it were me, if it were me, just like anything, I mean, just like you and I will do. I mean, if you and I, you know, end up doing some of the things that we want to do, and if we, if there's something to document, we're going to document it and we're going to put it out right here, you know, unless it's, unless it's just mind blowing, amazing or something, you know, um, but it's, it's going to go on the YouTube channel, you know, mm -hmm. and, and hell, we're not even monetized. So, well, obviously we're, that, that's kind of speaks to what I'm getting at. You know, we, our intentions and interests may be a little more legit than, than others, but, uh, so be it, you know, again, more people are familiar with this topic now than ever before. And, uh, that may or may not breed some sort of, uh, I don't know, acceptance. If such a discovery is made and Sasquatches are proven to exist, you know, you could argue that all of these television shows and Sasquatch topics in the media will will wind up having a bit of a condition, a beneficial conditioning effect on people's mindset. Should something like this be proven real, you know, it might help with panic. It might help with accepting it, having seen so much about this, you know, all over, all through our culture over the last several years. But who knows? Yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting that the pop culture is how high it is right now with Sasquatch with the, um, what is it, the Jack Link's commercials? Yeah. Um, and now the pizza, the Sasquatch pizza. <laughs> and those are just a couple. You yeah. Know, those are just a couple. When I walk into a convenience store now, I will see at least two different types of products that are branded with Bigfoot in some way. Right. And, uh, it's, I've, I was in advertising for many years and I'm well aware of how certain topics can kind of be directed through government agencies. They're paid, you know, they're well-paid projects, well-paid accounts. Um, but you never know, maybe some of the stuff that we're seeing is, um, we're seeing the results of dissemination of information by degrees. Right. It could simply be uh, uh, pure coincidence, you know, that with the Internet and the popularity of information getting on the Internet uh, caused a huge interest in Sasquatch. And once television executives saw that, they thought, oh, well, we need to make shows about Sasquatch. It could be that simple and logical uh, of, a, of a process of how we got to this point where everything's Bigfoot related now. Uh, or, you know, again, I'm well aware of how dissemination of certain things uh, promoting of certain ideals, certain things can uh, happen as a result of a government directive with advertising agencies. Um, so, again, I don't know, but I find it all very interesting that uh, that we're seeing this sort of saturation in our in our culture about all things Sasquatch uh, right at a time in our lives when we're 
when we have the highest interest in the topic. So, uh, you know, it certainly makes you wonder. Yeah. And I guess you gotta, you gotta take the bad with the good, you know, because <laughs> I, I do, I really don't like the stuff that makes it look silly. You know, yeah, we do. I mean, it's really unfortunate. It it's really not, I can tell you, man, it, it, you know, there's, there's nothing silly about it when you're out there and you know, you get, you're getting weird, weird things are happening around you. There's nothing silly, you know? <laughs> and that's, that is, you know, that's the disappointing part about having to take the bad with the good. If Sasquatches do exist and the majority of these serious researchers have been onto something, uh, you know, these, all the negative stuff, all the ridiculous, goofy Bigfoot shows and all, they certainly cast doubt. Uh, they, they, they make us look a little ridiculous and it makes me less, less likely to bring this topic up to other people because I know what it looks like from the outside. Yeah. And it, and it, it gives you a, a really good idea of how to like, if you just want to go in the woods and be left alone, you don't want a Sasquatch to bother you. Then, you know, take 30 guys out with gear <laughs> and, and you won't have any problems that night. That's right. Or if you do, it'll be well documented. So I mean, it's win-win. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's you know, there's lots of YouTubers, and while we're talking about media or television show or Bigfoot shows, you know, there's lots of YouTubers also. And again, you just kind of have to take it all with a grain of salt. No one, no one is an expert because we don't have nobody's got a Sasquatch they're studying. So uh, you just kind of have to you know, read between the lines and maybe you'll find a one person compelling and, and believable and another person you're just not sure about. So, yeah, it happens. But, you know, uh, I guess to bring it back around sort of full, full circle, you know, uh, back to, you know, uh, uh, we'll just call him Nate, you know, Navy SEAL guy. 45 day Navy SEAL guy, man. I just good luck to you, dude. And I, I hope he can document whatever happens. I hope he can document it somehow, you know, yeah, no kidding, man. That's I'm sure, exactly how I feel. I mean, I'm sure he'll be taking notes at least, you know, um, <laughs> no, I'm notes. serious. Oh yeah, dude. Absolutely. Oh, man. I just, uh, I hope that, you know, if people hear about this guy, whoever he is, I would hope that it would inspire other people who have the means and the training, whether they're just long time outdoorsmen or whether they're, you know, ex military, ex special forces guys, you know, a team, a small team of, of people who would go out and, and try a similar expedition. I, I really think that if people can go in the woods and, and produce any kind of proof of Sasquatches, it's going to take that kind of coordinated effort, a small team, but a coordinated effort of people with like, uh, with similar skills. Um, so man, sure. It'd be nice if, uh, this 45 day journey fella, uh, or just the, the, the story of him doing this could maybe inspire others to get out and try it themselves. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, to me, that's what it takes. I, I think the proofs in the pudding at this point, you know, um, mm -hmm. If you're going to go out there and you're going to, um, you know, want to be around these things or observe them, 
you know, you're, you're going to have to spend some time out there. Hmm. Not, not just a day or two or a weekend, but weeks, huh. weeks. Yeah. And, and that's the only way that, that it's going to happen in my opinion. Well, at least on, if you're boots on the ground situation. Right. You yeah. Know, I agree. I agree. There, yes. There are other dimensions to come at these things from, but that's a different, that's a di way different subject. Yep. But well, no, I, I, I wish this guy luck, man. I, I hope we get a chance to, to hear more about it. You know, once it's done and over with, and I hope he, hope he stays safe. So, yep. Exactly. Godspeed to you, Mr. X, whoever you are. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess that about wraps it up, man. I guess um, we'll go. We'll report back from the July 8th event, and hopefully we'll have something to – I'm sure we'll have something to talk about, um, but hopefully we'll make some connections and, and maybe get some folks on the show. It would be great. That would be fantastic. Really, we're kind of overdue for a guest. Yes, we are. But uh, we hope to be bringing on in the future some scientists. Um, we hope that we can have uh, just join join our discussion about this phenomenon. And of course, we'll uh, the next episode. Hopefully, we'll have a lot to report back about this uh, town hall meeting up there at Expedition Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know we'll have a lot to talk about for that one. So, um, that'll be coming at you soon. And, uh, I guess, uh, uh, anybody that wants to get, get a hold of us, you can contact us at primeapeobjective at gmail.com and, uh, we'll get back to you. All righty, man. Well, good talk. Glad we got to talk about those subjects and, uh, until next time you can't know it all, but if you want to know all that's already known, do a little reading <laughs> or a lot yeah mm -hmm. all right man we'll 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 end it there man all right folks we'll talk to you later all right everybody have a good night